Ion 2020, episode 159. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, that source that you come to Monday through Friday for the news, the events, the things that are going on in the 2020 election and in the news and with the candidates and their policies, positions, and so forth. That's what I do every single day, Monday through Friday for you, in order to make sure that you are the most informed person that you can be when you're talking to your friends, writing memes, or talking to your family about politics. If you're out at the bar having a conversation with somebody, and that dreaded political conversation comes up, you are ready to step in with the right information, right? That's what you want to be. You want to be well-informed. And uh, I dread, I absolutely dread political conversations sometimes uh, amongst different groups of people. And the reason why is just because everyone has their, everyone really has strong opinions on this stuff, especially if they are somebody who has strong opinions Normally, they usually have very strong opinions about politics, and it drives me crazy getting into those conversations. And the reason why I've said this in the past before, if you're trying to talk politics with somebody and they are already set in their view, right? If they have already made up their political mind, if they've already made up their mind about who they're going to support or what policies that they want, or if they are an advocate for something, they're kind of like a salesperson for that particular agenda, right? And it's hard to convince a salesperson who has skin in the game to change their view. Like you can't walk, I can't walk up to a salesperson of one of my competitors and try to sell them on what my product is and vice versa. He can't do that to me. We're both, we're both evangelists for our cause, right? So in the political world, it's the same way. And Sometimes if you, I mean, you dread those conversations, but at least if you end up getting into a less heated argument or a less heated conversation, or you're just at the bar and it kind of leads into that conversation about politics and who you support and what you want from our government, at least you can have a very good view of all the candidates and their positions. You can have the libertarian critique on those things as well. And if you're a libertarian, you'll be able to espouse those ideas to your friends, right? And that's what we want to do. We want to be uh, well-educated on those things, I, th- I think. I think it's pretty important. So um, that's why I put this show together every day for you guys, Monday through Friday. This is Ion 2020, and I am Ray, your host. So um, if you want to, you can go ahead, if you like what you hear, and it's your first time listening, you can subscribe to the show. The best way to subscribe to the show is to take your podcatcher right now and just go down there and push that subscribe button. Boom. Easy peasy, right? And then there's also usually an option for you to give me some kind of rating and review. Five stars is always nice. I can't complain about that. That helps me with the algorithms as well. Make sure that I have uh, my information 
when people are looking for my podcast or looking for a podcast on politics, my podcast comes up and they're like, holy cow, that guy gets five stars. Amazing. I'm going to go ahead and check this podcast out. That's what I'm doing. So I don't know if you noticed yesterday, I did get a new microphone. It was a little quieter than it normally is. Uh, when I was listening to it on my own car stereo, because I always listen to the podcast uh, after the fact on my radio in my car just to see how it sounds because it gives me that consistent sound of what, what I want to hear. And when I was listening yesterday's show, actually I had to turn the volume up a little bit, which was kind of weird. So um, today I'm trying to talk a little bit louder. I'm trying to talk a little closer into the microphone. And hopefully I work out these sound issues quick because I want to make sure that the show is coming to you in a clear, concise way, in a way that you can enjoy listening to and you're not, and it's consistent as well, consistent sound. So uh, my sound will get better as the days progress because I'm learning this whole new microphone idea. Uh, but yeah, five-star rating and review, subscribe to the show. Um, I don't know I don't know if I mentioned this on the show yesterday or not, but you can uh, check me out, iontheempire.com or iontheempire. You can type that in on Twitter and Facebook and you can find me there. And then if you uh, would like to, you can support the show. And I always say that, hey, if you want to support the show, that's great. I would appreciate it. You can do that, anchor.fm slash ion2020. There you'll see a little icon that you could go and support. $2.99, $4.99, or $9.99 support level. So that would be great. Um, listen, a couple of fun little points, that, that fun little articles that I found, and I just wanted to bring those up to you guys today, all right? Steve Bannon was on Fox News over the weekend, and I found this article, and it was pretty interesting and funny because I kind of said this in the past, but what's going on, in the political world right now is I think that the Democrats are starting to realize that the people that they have in their pool of candidates, 23 of them, yeah, yeah, that's right, 23 of them, you guys know that I've gone over these, all not all the candidates, but I think I've at least gone over most of the candidates, um, at least all 20 of the candidates that have been on debate stage, but I've also gone over some of the ones that have not been on the debate stage as well, and um, the thing is, is I think that the Democrats are starting to realize that they don't have that good of a lineup of people to go against Donald Trump. They don't. And I think that they're starting to realize this, and it's going to hit them pretty fast. And uh, Steve Bannon, he's actually someone that's close to Donald Trump. He was in the administration for a while. But I think he's also the guy that ran the campaign. He's, he's the guy that's from Breitbart um, Magazine, which is also an online online uh, website, Breitbart.com. And uh, he was uh, being interviewed on Fox News. And this is what he said. He said, um, I said this last week, Maria, I don't see anybody on the stage right now that can take President Trump one-on-one. I pride myself. He's called me his star pupil, his top pupil. I've been studying this thoroughly, and I don't care what the polls say on Biden. Joe Biden is not going to be able to stand up against Donald Trump. He's weak on China. You've seen what he's said in the last couple of days. If the Democratic Party thinks that Joe Biden is going to be able to go one-on-one with Donald Trump in the general election. They've got another thing coming. He will run the table on Joe Biden. The polls, guys. The polls show head-to-head Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Like, winning by... Joe Biden winning by 13 points. But the thing is, is there was another article that I found. The polls are not right when it comes to Donald Trump. And the reason why is because the way that the Democrats have kind of beat up on Trump supporters, calling them racist, calling them this, calling them that, 
calling them the ones that if they supported Donald Trump, then it's their fault that these kids are going out there and killing people and mass murders and all that stuff, these mass shootings that are going on. And they're literally making it seem like the Donald, the Donald Trump supporter is like a terrible, evil person who has wicked tendencies and wants to just go to KK, KKK meetings all day and you know, doesn't, if they support gun rights, then they're just an evil person that wants to, uh, kill kids, you know, like that's just the, that's the narrative that the Democrats make it sound like. And if you listen to like Elizabeth Warren, if you listen to Beto O'Rourke, the article that I was reading, it said like, those are people that are just saying, they're kind of hyping that up. So it causes the Democrat or not the Democrat, the Trump voter to kind of go underground. You know, he's kind of not out. If you want to use like the, you know, like, a gay person comes out of the closet. Well, these people are still in the closet, in a sense, publicly about being a Trump supporter because they don't want to get the backlash that goes along with it. But they're okay with Trump in the sense that they think that he's good for the economy. They think that he's good, like things have been okay since he became president. Um, even like after the election in 2016, when Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump, the media was so surprised like they really thought that donald trump was going to win or not not sorry that hillary clinton was going to win over donald trump like when it happened that hillary clinton lost they freaked out man the press went crazy like they were saying it's a near statistical zero that trump can beat hillary clinton and that's because of the way the polls were at the time but they had beaten up on trump supporters so much and made them feel like they couldn't say yes I'm, I support Trump, you know, that you, like you have the MAGA hat wearing people, but you also have the silent people that don't want to look like they're political. And I know a lot of my friends that ended up voting for Trump. And the reason why is because they were just kind of, you know, they, they were hoping for something better. They wanted somebody that was going to stand up for Americans and all that American stuff, right? You like beat up on China, get jobs back in America, build the wall, get the economy going. Like those were things that they got excited about. And I think that those people are still excited about. It. I think that the polls don't reflect that. So when the polls show Joe Biden head to head against Donald Trump winning by 13 points, I think that that does not, that's not reflective of the actual truth. And that's what the article from the Hill that I was reading said about that particular show. I'll actually link to those articles in my in my show notes, okay? Just so that you have them, because I think it's good to look at both of these. So, Steve Bannon, he was saying that. He says he will run tables on Biden. Now, if you also look at um, at Donald Trump against, like, Kamala Harris, if you look at him against Warren, like Elizabeth Warren, if you look at him against Bernie Sanders, like, those three also beat Donald Trump in these polls head-to-head. I was looking at one from Real, Real Clear Politics, and it was showing... Warren up by 10, Bernie Sanders up by 10, and like Kamala Harris up by two or three, and Pete Buttigieg down by one or two. So, but I just don't think, I just don't know if these are, these polls are reflective of the truth. I think that a lot of people, like in 2016, are going to say no or say something else or refuse to answer or whatever if they're a Trump supporter, just because even, I mean, someone's calling them and doing a poll with them, they don't want to say too much about it because they don't want to be thought of as, racist or whatever and then also the article said when you have politicians like the uh congressperson from 
Texas that actually tweeted out supporters of Donald Trump that were in his district literally sent tweets about who these supporters are to all of his all of his constituents like that would scare somebody that puts somebody underground that's put somebody back in the closet so i don't think the the polls are pretty accurate but then steve bannon goes on and he says now the second tier candidates or other candidates like kamala harris and elizabeth warren i just haven't seen it on the stage and i certainly haven't seen it in iowa where i think they are taking a very unsophisticated approach to china i just haven't seen it i don't believe and i say this I'm not so sure that his opponent has even declared yet. Wow. So he says, I don't think his opponent, the person that's going to beat Trump or go against Trump hasn't even declared yet. And I think I said this a couple weeks ago as well. I think that the way that the debates are now, you're looking at it where maybe eight or nine, maybe 10 people are going to get into the debate in September and in October that are going to get the 2% that they need plus the, plus the, um, 130,000 individual contributors with like 500 in each of 20 states or something. It's got a very high bar to get over. So I think you're only going to get like seven, eight, maybe nine, or even maybe 10 on the debate stage, but that's about it. But somebody that's popular might be able to get in. And I said this maybe last week, it was a week before that, I'm not sure. But that's what Steve Bannon says. He says this. And I. I don't believe this, and I say this, I'm not so sure that his opponent has even declared yet. I think you got to watch guys like Hillary Clinton, Michael Bloomberg, or Michelle Obama, a whole raft of potential that they said that they should look at very closely. So there's popular people in the movement. There's popular people that can just jump in and get 2% support immediately. They can probably jump up the i mean what if michelle obama got in are you kidding me like she's looked at as the goddess of the goddess of america in some ways to some people you know so she gets in she automatically has five ten percent support she automatically has barack obama behind her who people love she automatically has one hundred thirty thousand donors that immediately donate a dollar to her campaign She's in, man. She would be in. Same thing with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has the machine behind her, so she can do it. Michael Bloomberg, so that's what Steve Bannon says. Michael, he puts that name in there. Eh, I don't think so. But anyway, that's the that's basically the article of what he says. And I think it's true, man. I really do. I've really thought about this. I think Democrats are starting to realize that the candidates that they have are not as strong as they would hope as they hoped they would be. They're not getting the traction that they had hoped they'd get. And, I mean, the top-tier candidates, you have Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, absolute socialists, right? Way more, way more, or way too far out there to get elected, I think. I think that they would just get torn apart in the general election against Donald Trump because he would run on socialism. And, to be honest, like, older people who are the ones that are going to vote almost certainly even the democrats might be scared of socialism even democrats would be scared of the socialism and someone like the the more traditional democrats not the ones that are you know like the hippie the hippie generation that got out there and went to the woodstock yeah they're okay with that stuff they're open-minded and free and all that stuff but uh you get and they were probably in some kind of hippie commune back when anyway right but you have 
the other groups who are just like Democrats and they think that, you know, the government should do a little bit more on this and that, but they're not going to vote for like an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders who have like really far left agendas. And then a lot of those other candidates do also. They have those really far left agendas. So that would be something that I just don't see them voting for. But then you got Joe Biden. I mean, I guess he'd be, he's like the good enough candidate, I think is what it comes down to. But no one's really excited about him. But uh, same thing with, I mean, he's going to be the equivalent of the Republican having Mitt Romney as their candidate in 2012, to be honest with you. That's what I would say, because um, there's not going to be a lot of excitement behind Joe Biden. But there'll be excitement about a Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, or an Andrew Yang even, maybe. But they don't have like the mass appeal that somebody like a Joe Biden would have, I guess. So you might not get some people that would maybe turn over to Donald Trump. There was other actually another article that I read earlier today as well. It said that Donald Trump was going to have a little bit easier time also because he might not have like a a strong third-party contender go against him this time. Like, in the same thing with uh, the Democrat. Like, the Democrat might not have somebody in the Green Party that's a strong contender as well. Um, but, I mean, Gary Johnson may have pulled some Democrats and some Republicans over to him as well. Maybe even equally. I'm not sure. But that might not happen this time. Who knows? Um, but yeah, let's get off of that topic. I just, that's, that was just interesting. I kind of merged two articles together from this Hill saying, or, you know, from this one from the Fox News saying that Steve Bannon was talking about how that person that's going to run against Donald Trump isn't even in right now. And then also that Hill article as well. I'll link to both of those also, but that's like why Democrats demonizing Trump supporters destroys accurate polls. That's the one from the Hill. Um, which was really interesting articles. So go ahead and check those out, all right? I usually don't just go over articles on this show, but these were just really interesting articles to me, and I wanted to uh, talk about them. And then I found another article as well, and this one is from thegazette.com. And it says, Republican Bill Weld challenging Trump's 2020 re-election. So he is actually out in Iowa right now campaigning. He... So, you guys must know Bill Weld, right? He was the Democrat, or excuse me, the Repu- the Republican governor of Massachusetts, who's basically a Republicanish Democrat, right? Like a, a, a Democrat who's declared a Republican, but he has some conservative views. He, he governed pretty conservatively from what I've seen, but he literally declared himself a libertarian like the day of the convention and libertarians that are like true blue libertarians were like that was screwy and why would he do something like that so they really hated him but i mean he was able to bring a lot of money over to the gary johnson campaign in 2016 he was able to get a lot of donors and stuff and to be honest like libertarians got the most of what they ever had yeah it might have been wishy-washy people but and (laughs) you never hear someone say yeah, Gary Johnson in 2016 turned me into a libertarian by any means, but it put the party on the map in some ways where they really get like 3% of the vote or something. Um, but Bill Weld, 74, he's out there campaigning as an underdog. Um, he's not going to get anywhere as a Republican, man. I think he's just trying to get get himself out there so that some, I mean, he's 74 years old. He doesn't want to be president. He just wants to be a voice of reason in some ways because Donald Trump is doing stuff. He's a very divisive person and 
even I've thought that, like, I'm a libertarian, so I don't really care too much for Donald Trump in the first place. Um, but I mean, he's done some good things and some bad things. Um, I truly feel like, you know, the, that there's some things that he's been doing good and he's been kind of getting away from the wars and stuff like that in some ways. But then again, he keeps getting driven back in the war. So I don't know if he takes a stand on that too much. North Korea is good, but I do think that the divisive language that he uses all the time kind of, uh, just plays into the Democrats using their divisive language and it really pushes politics in a terrible direction. Uh, politics is terrible anyway, but I think the way that Bill Weld is doing it, he's just trying to be like a voice of reason in some way, but he's not going to get any support. Republicans love Donald Trump. They absolutely do. Um, like 92% or something like that support Donald Trump. And then there's a few that don't, but there's always going to be a few that don't. And Bill Wells not going to get anywhere with this, but he's out there and he's out there uh, campaigning in Iowa, which is surprising. He, you'd think he would spend any money that he gets in New Hampshire since he's from Massachusetts, but I guess you kind of got to get out there and, uh, and see what happens. You know, I know that he probably won't support, throw his support behind Donald Trump in the first place because he pretty much was endorsing Hillary Clinton in the last election. So, uh, even though he was running as a libertarian, which was pretty screwy, if you ask me, uh, he should have threw his support behind Gary Johnson because that's who he was running with, right? And told people to vote for him, not for Hillary Clinton. But anyway, that was that was pretty much pissed every libertarian off. They pretty much disowned him, uh, told him never to come back to the party. I don't know that he'll come back to the party in 2020 after he loses this whole deal with the Republicans anyway. This is my thought on the Libertarian Party this particular term. And I said this in the past, so if you wanted to listen to some of the shows you could i think there's they're even named you know that is not gonna be like a third party uh this is not gonna be a third party president presidential election by any means and the reason why is because democrats just want to get trump out of office they hate the guy they despise the guy they can't stand anything about him obviously you guys know this because it's on the news every single day right and republicans especially the republicans that are supporters of donald trump they especially if like a socialist like Bernie Sanders or uh, Elizabeth Warren become the nominee, they are going to back Donald Trump like you wouldn't believe because they are totally afraid of something like that happening. So third parties are going to have a hard time at that point. What the third, what the Libertarian Party needs to do is get somebody into a position where they're going to be able to get on the news, right? So they're going to have enough name recognition to get on the news do interviews and make this an educational campaign. Stand on your values, stand on your ideals, and really make a name for the Libertarian Party for 2024 and see what happens, you know? But um, I just don't think it's going to be a liber- I mean, Libertarians might get a percentage of the vote, but they're not going to get like the huge turnout they did this time because people are terrified of socialism. And Hillary Clinton was wishy-washy. She was just just another Democrat, just another, you know, that's it. And then Donald Trump, Republicans didn't like him. A lot of Republicans didn't seem like they like him, but now they're starting to move towards his direction. And uh, I don't know. That's why. That's how I've always felt. So, guys, I just wanted, I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap up the show now. Um, hopefully the sound sounds good. Do you like my new microphone? Let me know. Uh, Ray at IamTheEmpire.com. You can also send me information about what you're doing for the libertarian movement i haven't really made a call for that lately because i've been focusing on other stuff but i do want to start featuring other people and what they're doing on 
for the libertarian movement on this show for that last minute. I remember I used to do that. I used to uh, talk about other podcasters and other uh, websites and stuff for the last minute of the show. So I want to start doing that again. So if you'd like to, you can send me ray at com. Just send me your story. Send me a link to your website, something. And then I'll mention it on the show, last minute of the show. Maybe get some web, web, web traffic going in your direction because uh, we want to build a movement, guys. thing is important. We have, like I said, 2020 is not going to be huge for the libertarians, I don't think, but we can make this an educational campaign, right? We could really get out there and talk to people about libertarianism, talk to them about you know what's going to happen going forward. We could talk about smaller government. We could talk about decreasing the size and scope of government. I think people will be receptive to that. I do. And if we can do that and just change people's hearts and minds, change the way that they think that, or what they think the government should do for them. If we can start doing that, I think 2024, especially if Donald Trump gets reelected, right? Then you'll have in 2024 where the Republicans and the Democrats will both be running a field of people. And you might end up in a situation where you have somebody that's just as well hated on the Republican side as on the Democratic side. And then, boom, we have somebody that's really awesome that everyone loves run for the presidency in 2024. And um, libertarians get like 10% of the vote because they're not going to get that much. But we're building a we're building a movement, you know? We are. Rome wasn't conquered in a day. And uh, neither will our federal government, guys. Neither will the federal government. But we can start getting people elected into smaller, lower offices. We can start moving people into federal offices at some point. And then at that point, we can, you know, make that call for liberty and really get people into the government that will commit to slowly winding it down, right? That's what I, that's what I hope for. Um, and I hope that you'll be on board with that with me, okay? So share the show. Let your friends know about it. And then we can uh, do, do this together. Do something for the libertarian movement, you know? That's what you should do. Is just do something for the libertarian movement. I've always said that. So uh, anyway, guys, I appreciate you coming out and listening today. Go ahead and come back tomorrow. And you'll have clear vision for 2020.